<laughs> Don't have a panic attack. Honey. Watch this. Okay, ready? Welcome. <laughs> I'm going to make it good. Welcome to episode 15 of In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel. And I'm your host. I'm laughing because I have one of my favorite people on earth on the podcast. Her name is Brenda Berry. I'm going to fast forward you through the last 45 minutes that you just missed that were literally incredible and will not be heard by any of you except for Brenda, myself, and the universe. Um, I just want to give a little bit of beginning and then we're going to get back into Brenda because she's incredible. I'm going to skip right into the beautiful part of it. Today, I have the privilege for the second time today of talking with Brenda Berry. Brenda is a PhD professor of happiness and delight creator and founder of Sacred Celebrations, Reiki master and intuitive energy medicine practitioner, shamanic healer, wedding celebrant, and so much more. Brenda, welcome for the second time today. <laughs> Hi, Carly. Thank you. Literally no one on earth I would rather have done that with than you because for the people who are listening right now, Brenda and I just had like a genius, beautiful, deep session deep diving into her messy, messy marriage before her children, her parenting. And now what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a little bit of that information that you just missed because I forgot to press record. And then Brenda and I are going to get into what I really want to talk with her about, which is her beautiful ability to steer relationships and guide humans to become the best person they are. So before I get into that, I want the listener to know a couple of things. Brenda and I um, met about three and a half years ago when I was searching for a possible officiant for my private wedding to my now husband, Jonathan, who you just missed me talking about how we had a, a soap opera level fight the other week and how Brenda and I are acknowledging that we used to be people who did not use our voice properly in our marriages and how today we do. Um, Brenda, when I met her for the first time, we met as a spiritual healing couple that wanted to see what she was like. And I was vetting her and I sat on her couch and a tear rolled down my cheek and I'm not a big crier. And I felt so safe with her. And we ended up asking her to be our officiant. Um, her daughter was our photographer. And it was just my husband and I and the two of these beautiful human, be beautiful beings that you guys don't even get to know how amazing they are because you just missed all the dirty part of the story. But I wanna just back up before we get to the juicy part and just say, Brenda shared how she had a really tumultuous relationship. Brenda, can you just give me a very brief background of like two sentences about why you ended up with your first husband? I ended up with my first husband because of severe loneliness and isolation um, from when I moved in my very last year of high school. And we had a four year relationship. I wanted to break up with him and wound up getting pregnant because I think he knew it was coming and he poked a hole in the condom. Um, felt kind of stuck. We got married, tried to make the best of it. A couple years later, had another child, still trying to make the best of it. Eventually the relationship started going down a violent path. I knew one of us was going to kill the other one. <laughs> right. So before that happened, um, decided to get the hell out while the getting good and it was tumultuous. Um, right. He wouldn't pay child support. Wound up, I wound up in jail. Yes. 
embezzling from a bank that I worked for just to... Because you were trying to support your kids to get out. It's something interesting that you said about that. I think there's a lot of us, especially women, that look around the house that we're in and the marriage we're in and the kids that we have and think, how can I leave? Like, how do I get out of this if I have no other way? Um, one of the things I want to share that Brenda shared with was that she did everything she could to get to a place where she needed to leave and it was time to leave. The actual co-parenting relationship was not co-parenting. She laughed at that word because there was no co-parenting because it was a complete mess. Yes. And um, let me ask you this question. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Did you guys ever show up to birthday parties together? Absolutely not. Okay. No. It was it because both of you didn't want to show up together? We just didn't want to see each other. We didn't want yeah. to, we, no, the thought of being in each other's presence. In the same room, right. So so that, and that did not happen until our daughter got married in 2008. Wow. So yeah. you guys were not in the same room until 2008. Right. Wow. So we know um, one of the things that Brenda shared that I didn't record was that it was a very tumultuous divorce. It was a very tumultuous marriage. And then everything after was tumultuous. You met your current husband, John, and got married. And he's a pretty awesome human, had a little four-year-old son. Will you tell me and the listeners what the blended families were like? Did you have to deal with his ex? Were, were there issues with that? Oh, God, yes. I swear, you know, his first spouse and mine should have been together. <laughs> I've actually dreamt of that. Although we could all live in the same place. You guys could be together. Well, you know what's really funny? So um, John married his first wife on the same date that I married my first husband. Wow. Art. Wow. Married on February 20th. 1988 and I was married to Tim on February 20th 1982. Wow. Yeah so those two should have been married. <laughs> yes. So tell me what kind of struggles did you have um, blending the families? You know and and how to deal with each other's spouses was the most trying thing because she was just like my ex you know constantly causing drama. Did he not like you? No. Did she and John ever be, were they in the same room at a birthday party? Okay. You know, the two of them were actually able to be friendlier with one another um, than my ex and I could be. We, we couldn't speak to each other. We couldn't even speak about. Do you think as the Brenda you are today, who knows that the emotional baggage you carried and anger was killing you. Do you think today the Brenda you are could have attempted a North Star divorce on your part? Because I personally believe that you can have a North Star divorce even if the other person is like your first husband because you get to like show up and do that stuff regardless of how you feel about the other person. Do you think that you could do that today? Okay. Yes, I absolutely do. Um, you know, emotions are, are energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, understanding how that energy works, how it drives our behaviors and, and, and the things that we say, as well as the things that we do, um, and how to unwind that, mm -hmm. acting on it. Right. 
um, is something that I did not know at that right. in my life. Can you see today, looking back, the harm or the mistakes that it caused your children growing up in the after the divorce? Like, what do you think were the big ticket items that stick out to you that you wish you would have done differently as for your children's sake? I wish, oh gosh, you know, gosh, Carly, this, this is like, you know, writing a letter to Santa. I know. Well, obviously you would not be the pe person you are and all that stuff. And we believe that, but like looking back, how do you wish you would have handled the divorce differently? Not the getting divorced, but like after the divorce. I, I, oh man. Well, I wish that, um, we all have, have something that we say that we would, would do differently. And, and honestly, the whole thing that I would have done differently is rather than embezzling money from the bank to make ends meet and going to jail, I would have swallowed my stupid and asked your parents for help. Ask my parents for help. I would have let the stupid house go. Yeah. Now foreclose on the damn thing. There I were things that you thought were so important that didn't even matter worked for a bank. I was a manager. You got to have good credit. You can't right. just be on, on your credit. Oh my God. No. Right. I, I would have said F it. Fuck it. Yeah. Right. Damn house. Take the goddamn car. I will go and buy a beater. I will right. get in a cart. I will right. with my parents. I would have swallowed my pride and made a different choice in that manner. I would have gotten a damn fucking good lawyer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the divorce document is pretty final. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if at the time that it was a thing. I'm sure it was. Uh, mediation would have been nice. I yes. Might, you know, I might have even have suggested that. But um, I am a little bit more um, able to, 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 to be mediated rather than, you know. Yeah. If you can't make a decision that I'll make one, but you know, can we try to, 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 you know, do this together and more amicably? He wasn't capable of that. Right. And I think that that's really important for the listener. There's a lot of the people that we're divorcing that are not capable of it. But I think what I always want them to hear is that we are. Yeah. And if we put our pride and our stories and our ego aside and say, what do I need to let go of? So I can be the parent my kids need. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, we, we are all wrapped up in our own needs as well. Yeah. And, you know, we have adult needs and we have childhood needs. And a lot of our childhood needs and the behaviors that we go into when they're not being met really come forward when we're going through things mm. and death. Because a divorce is a death. Yeah. Same, you know, steps of grieving, of, you know, of, of anger, denial, bargaining. Yeah. <laughs> All of it. All of it. Are part of it. And it, but, but the thing is, it would actually probably be easier if the son of a bitch had died. <laughs> <laughs> so Maybe let me. Ben is messed up. Let me ask you a question. What do you think your kids needed from you that you wish you could have given them after the divorce? Physical presence. Okay. More, more there. Mm -hmm. Because you were so busy working and trying to make everything meet? 
Um, well, yeah, because of the living situation. The living situation. Yes. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, the whole story about how I went to jail and all that. Yeah that wasn't part of the recording. Um, but, you know, so during, you know, we got divorced. Our divorce was final in November of 1993. I remarried John um, in September of 1994. Um, and, you know, life was starting to smooth out. Um, you know, the whole embezzlement thing, uh, you know, going through the court system, how that takes time. That didn't really happen until, um, in 1995, um, you know, our first anniversary, September 95, go to jail in October of 95. So, you know, it, it was a very tumultuous time. You know, I, I had custody of my kids up until the time I went to jail um, and Tim took them away. You know, he, I, I, they, were, they were living with John. He was doing a good job taking care of him, um, but Tim, decided to be an asshole and took them away took and so um when he got custody of the kids and then he sold the house <laughs> so i get back you know i'm out you know six months later um we find a place in winchester he's already moved to northern virginia um the kids didn't want to change schools right i didn't push it um and i could only be present physically present with them when they were visiting me right visitation was they were with me every other weekend right extra time during the summer and holidays um and you seem really close with your kids today i am with my daughter okay you know and and my my son who is the oldest uh, about a year and a half, almost two years ago now, decided he's he's been slowly but surely cutting everybody out of his life mm -hmm. he, his father was abusive to him and so he was the first to go um because justin doesn't feel that and here's the thing he doesn't feel that i was honest enough with him back then and he can't forgive me for it honest enough about what what was going on between his father and i he wanted to understand it he wanted to understand it and he wanted to understand it then that's an interesting thing you brought up. So the podcast I just um, released today was from an adult child of divorce, really long, vulnerable, beautiful, painful letter. And she feels like her parents told her too much information interesting. because the information was not for child ears. And yeah. your son was 11. Like, what could you possibly tell an 11 year old other than we just don't work out well together. We love you we're just not good as mom and as husband and wife. And my kids wanted to know it too, but it wasn't their business to know, not because I was like, oh, this is children's business and adults business. It was because I wanted to have a relationship with their father for the rest of my life because we wanted to get along so the kids didn't have to suffer. And so they didn't need to know the information about the details of our marriage and what broke. Right. I still don't think that's their business. I don't think it's their business either. It's, it, it really isn't, you know. <laughs> but your son must think in his mind that he needed to know that. I think it sounds like just based on what you shared that he just was part of the collateral damage. Well, and he learned very much from his father that you don't ever forgive. That's, and that's a really painful place to be. I really think that that's something interesting you said that I think that's the reason why people can't have a North Star divorce. Because if you can't forgive, and you talked about that with me in another session privately that I need to work on my forgiveness of myself. 
Exactly. And of the, of the decisions I made at the time when I was making them because they were the best ones I could make at that time. Exactly. And, and that's the thing that I, you know, you know, one of the things that you would ask me is, well, you know, what would I say to somebody, you know, who was going through this now and how not to mess up your kids? Well, yeah. there's nothing that you can do to not mess up your kids because no matter what you do, <laughs> it's not going to be the right thing. <laughs> right. So I want to acknowledge that. So one of my really good friends, she got divorced around the same time as me. And she said, let's be clear. There is no program where you don't get to mess up your kids. Right. We're just trying to work on divorces that don't specifically use the emotional drama and baggage between those two parents to mess them up about the divorce, which right. means we show up, we don't talk negatively, we do what we can, we take the high road. But at the end of the day, kids are gonna mess up for other reasons. Mm -hmm. In my life, I would just like my kids to be messed up for different reasons that are not my fault from my marriage that didn't work out because that has nothing to do with that. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, so what, what, how, how do you not mess up your kids when you know you're going to mess up your kids? And this is definitely something that, that I think we all struggle with. Um, and, and I don't know that there's any hindsight that's going to make anything 2020 here. But the, the thing is, is I think that we all need to use to talk to our children as honestly as we can about how we feel about something yeah. without throwing the blame, without, you know, uh, wallowing in it, without dredging up every single thing. And without using our children as an emotional sponge. Without using them as weapons. Right. Because a lot of the stuff I'm reading and a lot of the people that are sharing with me are saying, my mom and dad wouldn't speak, so they had to make me be the go-between. I had to do, I had to arrange all the, they, their parents wouldn't even arrange the custody schedule. The 10-year-old had to. So it's like, I think the question I wanted to ask in that way is not how do you not mess up your kids, because that's not humanly possible. It's how do you not mess them up from your divorce? Right. Well, you know, okay. So kids, kids, like a lot of people, take things as, as, they have control over making a difference. So this must be my fault. Mm -hmm. And it is important to be reassuring, you know, um, so this happened. And how do you feel about this? Well, you know, it's absolutely okay to feel about this. Um, kind of, your children are expressing emotion, mm -hmm. sorrow, fear, whatever it is. Um, and a lot of times we take that personally. Oh yeah. We allow it to annoy us as parents. And, and the thing is, is they don't know how to articulate what is causing that behavior. What's wrong with you is typically what comes out of our mouths to our children. They don't know. Right. Oh, no. So, you know, I would suggest instead of, you know, what's wrong with you or stop acting like that. Right. Huh. Let's talk about it. What do you, you know, I, it seems to me that you are expressing fear. You are expressing anger. You know, it, it, is, is there something that you're angry about right now? And listen and stop saying you shouldn't feel that way. Right. Or you shouldn't think that way because whether they should or shouldn't is irrelevant. Right. The fact that they do 
And that is the opportunity that we have as parents to step in and be the adult and nurture. Yeah. And, you know, I, I acknowledge and understand that you feel this way and you have every right to feel this way. Your feeling is valid. But parents can't do that if they're so angry and spending all their emotional energy about what they didn't do and what they're not giving them. And oh my God, if you knew this about a decision that was made to end a relationship and then that decision needs to be put down and then the stuff that's in the way needs to be dealt with so you can be that parent for your kids. Because you can't be that parent for your kids because all you're thinking about is your own stuff and your own anger. Right. It's in the way. Right. And, and so, you know, understanding that you know anger is an energy it's important to be with that anger feel it not act on it not <laughs> you know pick up the phone and start blasting your right. ex it's like i am feeling anger right now and and stop using words that i am anger because we're not right we feel it we experience it and it can go away so instead of saying i'm angry we should say i feel angry feel angry. we are not anger i've never thought of that i love that it's a feeling it's a feeling it's an it's an emotion it's 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 an energy and it has its place anger right. is a negative emotion it has its place it is showing you when 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 one is feeling anger it is what is being shown that a boundary has been breached a a behavior has been expressed that is unacceptable or or something that seriously needs to be looked at with as much objectivity and honesty you know this is, I feel anger. I am angry. Oh my God. I am really angry and feeling it. Feel where it lives in your body until it doesn't live anymore. And that takes about 90 seconds. That's all within 90 seconds. Yeah. They say count to 10, count to 90. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make my littlest guy do that because he's been doing a lot of mean stuff out of his mouth and I'm going to make him count to 90. Yeah. Or 10, nine times, whichever is easiest. I have a question for you. Switching from your own personal stuff to your professional life, can you tell me, for people post-divorce that are either in committed relationships or marriages or want to be in a good one, what would you say are some of the really important things to focus on so they can do it differently and have a successful, strong, beautiful relationship? That is a really great question. And, and I finally feel that I probably have a, a, a decent answer for you. I think so too. Let's hear it. Um, so I think one of the very most important things is to um, acknowledge not only one's own strengths and weaknesses, but the others strengths and weaknesses not from a place of judgment but simply from a place of acceptance and in so doing realizing that you know hey maybe i'm expecting too much from mm. right now oh my god that's so annoying because 
One of my dear friends, Sarah, and I are always talking about how we have these delusional expectations of our partners to behave in a way that they've never behaved, but the way that they say that they want to behave. And I was laughing when you were saying from a place of acceptance, like, am I not supposed to say out loud to my partner, I know that this is one of your weaknesses, so I'm not going to be upset with you about it. I need to keep that in my head, right? Like, I'm not supposed to share with them. The reason why you're not doing this is, like, I'm not supposed to use it as a weapon. Right. Put down the weapons. On the weapon. Put down the weapon. Okay, so basically everything you just said is about loving as is. Loving as is. It's, you know, okay, acknowledging this is the situation. Acknowledging your part in it and, and, and maybe acknowledging their part in it. Right. Tone of voice is really important here. You can say the same thing using two different tones of voice and get a completely different response. Yes. You know, you want to push a button <laughs> or do you want to, you know, resolve conflict? Right. What, 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 what's your goal here? You what's, your, what's your goal? I love that. What else do you have for us? Um, but, you know, really, truly acknowledging this is what's going on. Being aware of it um, and accepting, okay, you know, right now, this is how we feel. Are we in a place where we can talk about this or do we each need to go to our separate corners and breathe for a moment? Allow the, 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 the heavy charge of this to dissipate some? And the answer is, you know, yeah. Because to do otherwise, you're going to have one of those soap that, operas, right? Soap opera fights. So it's about acknowledging our strengths and weaknesses, the other person's, but from a place of acceptance, loving as is, owning up our part. Really, what I really always need to focus on is the, the tone of my voice. Because I'll be like, I'm not yelling, but I'm doing it in a voice that's not nice. Yeah. I mean, when, I, when I'm being me, I am very matter of fact. And it's like, this is the way it is. And, you know, it's, it's almost there's no emotion in it. I am very, very matter of fact and very stoic. <laughs> and it's like, okay, let's take a step back from that. <laughs> right. And not be what's, what's the goal? Like, yeah, I mean, who is going to hear me when I am being a bossy? Right. So I go into to boss Brenda rather than <laughs> wife Brenda. Right. And it's like, you know, that doesn't help. Let's come back and be real. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really, truly acknowledging this is what is, this is what is so, and stop wishing for it to be different. Mm, so important. We spend so much time wishing for things to be different. You have to acknowledge the truth of it. And then, can I accept this is the truth? Yes, okay, great. No, all right. So what needs to happen here? What needs to happen? And this is a, a, an adult need. Right. I need more affection. Are you able to give me more affection? Okay. He says, he can't give me any more affection. Or she says, you know, I, I am just wiped out from taking care of the kids all day. How can I possibly give you more affection? I understand that you need it, but I don't have it to give right now. Can we just sit here and hold hands? Right. But that requires both people being honest. Exactly. It does. 
I want to know from you, um, what inside work do all of us individually need so we can be in that loving, committed relationship that will last? What insight? Because I can only do so much, but if I don't have it within myself, I don't have anything to give. So what do I really need for people who are post-divorce and want that partnership that everyone craves? What inside work would you say the listeners need to do in order for them to do it differently? I think we need to become very, very clear about quite a few things. Um, you know, especially if we have, have come out of a relationship that was less than nurturing. Um, you know, what, what do I really need? Um, what do I really have to give? Um, and, and take a good hard look at, at one's own failings in things. You know, we, we as, as a species, we have a hard time accepting that um, or, or even looking at our shit. Yep. We don't want to see it. You know, we, we want to stuff it in the closet and pretend it doesn't exist. You need to look in your closet. You need I love to look that. At the skeletons that you have there. You need to look at your own darkness and bring it into the light because to, dis, to any of those disowned parts of yourself, they're going to wreak havoc in your relationship. They're going to wreak havoc in your relationship with yourself. And if you don't have a good, open, honest relationship with yourself, how can you possibly have that with another human being? It's not possible. It's not. And so you, you asked, you know, what do we need? What internal work do we need to do? We need to look at our shit. We need to acknowledge that it's there. We need to own that it's there. And we need to say, okay, so this is, this is one of my darknesses. What's a light that balances it? And we need to know that I believe that I and, and John are always trying to do our best, but our best changes. Yes. From moment to moment and day to day. And so, you know, if you can make a commitment to yourself and your partner, I am always going to try to do my best. And when I, my best isn't necessarily all that greatness that you talked about me at the beginning of true it's like okay you know hun i am not feeling it today mm -hmm. i'm bitchy and yep. you might want to go and hide <laughs> but honoring that and owning that and being like look this is what's happening um i want to ask you this last question because you've been so generous with your time my last question for those who are either going through a divorce or they've they're, they've gotten through their divorce, but they know listening to our stories that they're holding on to emotional baggage. Yeah. What guidance do you have for the individuals who hear it, who can recognize it, but they don't know how to let go of it? That's so we, I, I mentioned that word forgiveness. Yeah. And, and forgiveness, a lot of people, I think, misconstrue what forgiveness means. It is not about giving somebody a pass. It is not saying you shit on me and it's okay. It is not that at all. It is saying you shit on me 
but I'm not going to allow you to, or, or this energy, this anger, this, this betrayal, whatever it is to control my behavior, my feelings and my thoughts anymore. So I'm going to forgive you. And, and it has to be real. It has to be authentic. Um, because to do otherwise, you're just going to continue to wallow. And when we wallow in it, we, it lives. It lives over and over and it gains strength every time we resurrect that shit. And only through forgiveness can we really let it go. And, and, and honestly, I got to take that back. I don't think we ever let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, we can pack it up, we can put it in a bag, and we can put it away knowing that we can always go and unpack it again if we want to. But it's in those times that it's, it's packed up and put away. That's, that's the beauty of forgiveness is, yes, it still exists in its time, but we don't have to go back there and visit it anymore. It's we no longer serving us. We have to live inside of it. Right. Uh, because living inside of that is, 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 is destroying me. It's not. And it, it's over. Like it's a ghost ship of our, our life that is no longer. I want to say a few more things, Brenda. First of all, not only do you constantly teach me lessons, but I will never forget to not record ever again for the rest of my life. So thank you for that. Um, no one could have been more gracious and amazing. I love you massively. This is the same woman that in the middle of my ceremony three years ago yesterday, while she was sharing beautiful words of wisdom, I said, could we pause for a moment? I need to go inside in the air conditioning. I can't even focus on what you're saying. And we relocated the ceremony and she was awesome. Did not miss a beat. Um, Brenda, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for the human you are. I envision that I will need your help for the rest of my life and I welcome that. For any who want to connect with Brenda, I hope it's okay I share this, please check out her website, sacredcelebrations.net. Not only does she marry people, she does a ton of healing work, coaching work, Reiki, shamanic, all of it, virtual. It's amazing. Um, for any listeners out there who want to help with divorce coaching, please contact me at inyourcornercoach at gmail. Remember, we get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and for the world around us. Brenda, I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much.